Have you ever wondered why certain people are just better and natural at persuading others? Well, the answer may lie in a book called Influence by Robert Cialdini. Whether you're a business person or an employee or someone just looking to improve uh, the relationships in your life, this book is a must read if you want to become a master of persuasion. Now, the funny thing is, I think this book started off as a project by a research project by Robert uh, to help other people not be or not fall into traps of persuasion um, and kind of help them spot the tricks of the trade, but it ended up becoming a Bible for sales and marketing professionals because it just works. The concepts in there just do work. So in this video, Murtaza and I sat down, we talked about the key takeaways from the book. We discussed the six principles of influence mentioned in the book along with examples. Uh, I think there's a lot to chew on for you there. Uh, I think you'll enjoy this video. Don't even miss a single minute of it. Here's Murtaza and I talking about Influence by Robert Cialdini. Tell me about this book. First of all, let's start at the top. Why do you think Robert Cialdini is qualified? Uh, you actually told me something about Robert a little while ago, which yeah. I didn't know. So yeah. I'm going to ask you to tell well, us why. I'd love to be fact check on this. I don't know where I read this, but everything on the <clears> internet cannot be believed. But Robert Cialdini was actually on Hillary Clinton's campaign. And presumably, I'm guessing he's been on other political campaigns as well as an advisor. So when uh, politicians are doing their rounds of campaigns to convince the masses of their message, this guy is by their side. He's active in some way, shape or form at all. So he understands mass psychology or psychology of the masses as a personal project that he started once just to not feel overtaken by other people's influences. <laughs> and he ends up becoming ends up becoming the guy who knows yeah. how to influence the, the go-to of influence <laughs> yeah the god of influence in some circles right yeah but yeah do fact check that for yourself don't believe everything i say but uh yeah why do you think oh i guess that's why he's qualified professor this book. professor robert cialdini he teaches yeah. this stuff yeah um but also the reason i really like influence is because a lot of stuff that they talk about is proven either statistically or through, well, I won't say anecdotally, but through real story, yeah, not uh, fictitious story. So there's always a backing for what he's saying. And he's talking about human psychology. So when you're reading Influence, it's impossible not to put yourself in that position on yeah. either side of the conversation. It's impossible not to. If you've lived on this earth for more than 20 years, you've been there. Absolutely. Yeah. And <clears throat> at what stage do you think business owners should pick up and try to attempt this book and when i say stage i mean is it before they start a business it's when they've started it's when they're seasoned what because some of the books are i would prefer to have found later in my life where would you say this book fits in into a business owner's journey or just in general people's journey i, I don't think anyone's too young to read this book or too inexperienced to read this book i would probably put this in a very business context i would put this book before any marketing strategy is being explored mm. if i had to pick a point but to be honest this book can be read by anybody anywhere high school students university students uh people who are working in jobs have careers people who are running their own businesses this is the sort of book which will always make you okay i have to put one word of advice out yeah this book will show you how to make people say yes to you, which is a very great power. But with great power comes great responsibility. So please, please <laughs> use this power responsibly, please. Because 
he does go over the psychology of making people say yes the psychology of influencing people his next book is called persuasion persuasion, persuasion i think his yeah. yeah persuasion but it's it's a play on persuasion how to get people to agree to you so if you are going to learn these tactics please use them for good so in a business context you want people to say yes when you're asking them to do something so whether you're asking your team to do something or your suppliers to do something or your customers to do something how to get them to say yes that's probably the time you want to read this book i mean you always want people to say yes yeah it's as, as early as you can i guess yeah and it's it's worth coming back to once in a while too right? oh yeah, like yeah these, these concepts don't always stick in your mind yeah so let's get into some of the key learnings at least according to you yeah um, if there is a, if there's a few key learnings in there that we could jam about and again just to remind the audience i'll be playing the role of you as a proxy and asking dumb questions not saying that you are but like i am so where would you start in terms of the biggest learnings that one can take from this book or you yourself have taken or have been able to impart to people that you know from this book i think the first uh, and most important way from this book is convincing people is a science getting people to say yes is a science and there's strategies to make that happen however you also have to understand that at the end of the day people aren't science sometimes they're irrational so you could go through the process and it may not work he gives a few examples of that in the book mm -hmm. it's ridiculous that that happens but it's there yeah right so first thing kind of putting it out there that um this book will give you six i think there's six different strategies to make people want to say yes to you the biggest takeaway from that is you can look at each one and say okay how do i incorporate this in a business context how do i incorporate this into my let's say my marketing or my sales and from a personal context how do i make sure that i also understand how to counter this yeah which is very important uh how, how to say no when this is being done on you so yeah. he talks about reframing some of these things as well um so and i think I that's wanna, really really important i want to interrupt you there like, uh, you're talking about it being a science so I, I picked this up from scott adams creator of dilbert he wrote how to fail big or i can't remember the name of books i wish i had better memory i should start taking coq10 if i remember that but he mentions that people or humans are moist robots in a sense all right that robots are programmable we are a piece of pro programmable machinery in a very moist container some people might call it tricks of the trade in terms of persuasion but as a lifelong salesperson 100 percent agree on that that there are certain steps you can take to generate a yes even though humans come with their own variability but there's some things within your control which you can always do and we'll get into some of those, I yeah, guess, right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that, that's really important. I'm gonna, I'm, I like that. Moist robots. Moist robots. Yeah. I'm going to remember that one. That's kind of learning number one. Le learning number two. Uh, very interesting. I'm, I'm actually going to quote one thing that he talks about in the book. Mm -hmm. The importance of the word because. It is, for those of you who haven't read this book, you're going to love this. We often assume that when we ask for something... We need a good reason to back it up. And the better the reason, the more likely it is people will say yes, which is logical, but doesn't quite bear out in studies. So they did this study where um, 
there was a bunch of people waiting to use a photocopy machine. And the experimenter goes to somebody in the line and says, <clears throat> uh, hey, is it okay if I cut in front of you? Because I'm in a hurry. And 94% of people said, yeah, go ahead. It's fine. And in another round, she would go to somebody who's in line and say, hey, is it okay if I cut in front of you? And only 60% of people said yes. So we can attribute the difference to being a good reason. I'm in a hurry. I understand. Go ahead. The third round of experiments was she would go to somebody and say, hey, is it okay if I go in front of you because I need to make some copies? What do you think I'm in line for? Mm -hmm. Like that's a stupid reason. 93% of people said yes. What? So the conclusion from this experiment was including because made the difference, not what came after the because. And you notice this in kids. I don't know if you remember this, but sometimes mm -hmm. you're asking kids like, why did you do that? And he says, what? Just because. Because what? Just because. Kids have picked up that just having that word because yeah. is means that there is a reason. Whether or not the reason makes sense doesn't matter. Just the fact that there is a reason is enough for us yeah. to say yes. And this is something really, really, really insightful. And even on the reverse, when you're trying to get kids to do something or not do something, you state what you want and then you say because and you can say any garbage after that and they take it and they take it yeah yeah by the way this comes up pretty early in the book just in terms of importance like that is something that i think everybody just needs to think about yeah and see how they can apply it because it works i see what you did there <laughs> <laughs> but it works in emails it works in uh, meetings it works on a phone call like this is versatile enough when you're typing an email sometimes that you need to convince someone of something whether it be a client internal partner the moment you add the because in that email yeah. and it forces you to think about why this is beneficial for both parties to do it this way yeah or even if it's just for you it makes it whole I it think. does it completes the yeah, message right it does. in that sense um, I want to ask you though, a curveball. So this probably happens with people you're in closer relationship with. So your spouses or your business partners or someone you've worked with forever. Sometimes you end up saying things like, Hey, let's don't do this. And trust me, I don't know how to articulate why, but just don't do this. And they'd be like, but, but why, but why? Because I don't know how to explain it to you, but in time I'll have the language, but I can't explain it to you. And that cannot work with strangers no right like so basically what you said is do it because you trust me yeah well that's yeah, yeah. that's that's the other thing like, yeah because there are some times where i'm making decisions or you're making decisions and you intuitively know why you're making the decision yeah. sometimes it's the higher power giving you guidance or everything in your gut or your spirituality something is saying that and we've been told to listen to our gut as well but how do you make others listen to your gut Right. If we were to listen to everybody's gut, it would be messed. <laughs> I mean, we have to have filters, right? If I had a stranger come up to me and say, hey, listen, invest in this company, just trust mm -hmm. me, I wouldn't take it seriously. But if yeah. I had a friend come to me and say, hey, listen, invest in this company, I don't know why, but I have a really good feeling about this. Yeah. Because you trust me. Yeah. I probably would. It's not about the investment or the size of the investment. or It's just the believability yeah. comes with um, familiarity, comes with relationship. Yeah. Now, when you don't know somebody, that's when the because is even more powerful. Yeah. So attend this webinar because mm -hmm. X, Y, Z. You're, you're selling to somebody. If you're telling your client about it, you wouldn't even give them the reason. Say, listen, attend this webinar. 
Yeah. Just do it and tell me what you get from it. Yeah. Right? So the because is probably more important the weaker the relationship. Yeah. Through this book, so I actually took a quick note of what those six principles are. Mm-hmm. But Cialdini goes over these different principles and the applicability of these principles isn't limited to your first or second degree contacts. It could be anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the beauty of the book. It's really simple. It's very anecdotal. It's the, it's full of stories. Like in, in terms of, you know, easiness to read, this is really easy. Mm-hmm. It's split into sort of medium-sized chapters. So you can pause every couple of pages yeah. quite easily. You're not going to lose anything. You're not going to forget. Um, it's very relatable. He draws on stories from university kids to life in general to work to politicians yeah whatever whatever background you'd pick up something and you'd be yeah. able to relate to yeah and that's why i think this book is really powerful yeah there's things that you can almost immediately try after reading every chapter in your own life Absolutely. right you test it for yourself forget your anecdotal studies forget the authors uh paid uh studies that they've done in universities you do it for yourself right like there was a study about when a person is seeking for help in a public place mm. And they just shout, help, help, help. And nobody kind of really responds because no one takes responsibility for that. But the moment that person who's shouting help while looking someone in the eye and pointing towards them, saying, you, please help me. Yeah. That creates that responsibility, that creates that bridge of persuasion. And it gives that person the responsibility like, okay, I need to do something. Yeah. But if there's 10 strangers standing around and you're just getting help, everyone's kind of looking at the other, like who's going to do it Yeah. or who will decide and it's the victim who will decide and they just need to point a finger at yeah. somebody. Or, or somebody who's helping who takes charge yeah right uh so recent about a week ago mm-hmm. uh there was a guy in front of me who just collapsed mm-hmm. and uh immediately some people jumped in and started fanning his face and so on and i remember this stuff so i was like okay you do this you go get some water you carry him you yeah. call the medical just because we know these things happen yeah and if nobody does uh, nobody takes that lead yeah it could it could have been worse i use this in my football games in every week right so if i'm standing in defense and i'm watching the attack team coming and my defense is missing Mm. what i've heard from other uh, players is like hey defense get back that means nothing right or like guys colors get back because we're playing in color shirt Mm. versus whites guys in colors get back doesn't work but Mm. the moment i start saying names you know i'd say like while you're on john or harry you're on ravi that immediately gets them to turn look at me and then find the player that they're supposed to mark and get to them but shouting out being as vague as possible and then you being as vague as possible doesn't link that connection you can do this in meetings as well yeah if you're sitting around like 10 people and you're saying you know someone needs to come up with xyz we need to do this we need to do this right that's bad persuasion Ah, that's terrible right and we've all been there and and this is one of the one of the things this is a fantastic example this is one mm-hmm. of the things that i think you can anybody can start applying immediately so in your next meeting mm-hmm. before you leave every action item has a name against it mm-hmm. and preferably a due date mm-hmm. so you are going to do this by this date are we in agreement yes i am going to do this by this date is that clear yes now we have something to to work off yeah versus okay so by next meeting we need to xyz yeah, next meeting is a waste of time yeah absolutely no it happens it happened quite a bit i think attaching those names we've started doing that in our we have a board meeting today so i'm thinking about that right now 
um, of the things I haven't done from our last <laughs> board meeting. But yeah, it puts that pressure uh, yeah. on you to respond and behave in a certain way, even though it wasn't your idea yeah. to do that in the first place. So when the person collapsed in front of you <clears throat> and you ask someone to call the police or the ambulance, you know, it wasn't their idea, mm. but they're on board now. Yeah. Now, now there's that commitments kicked in. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah. accountability coming in. What else do you have to glean from this <clears throat> book? So uh, the six principles from influence, because mm -hmm. why not? The reciprocation. If you do something for me, I am obliged to do something for you. Mm -hmm. Even if, and even usually, when what you're asking for in return is a lot more than what you did for me. Mm. And that's a really, really powerful, probably from our caveman days where, you know, if somebody does something for us and we don't do something back for them then we're social outcasts yeah and that means we're dead so this is like hardwired into us uh so somebody does something for you you gotta do something back for them that's why free samples work that's why free samples are still one of the best lead magnets what's a lead magnet yeah. it's a free sample it's one of the most powerful conversion tools you would know this 100 because you're giving somebody something without them giving anything back yeah. to you so they're like, all right, I should probably give you something. I'll give you a phone call. Yeah. Right? Or I'll give you an introduction. I'll, I'll give you a meeting. I'll give you some time. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. That's all you need. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like a free, a free discovery call is still yeah, free giving discovery. something. Yeah. 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 So that's reciprocation. Second is commitment. Can I talk about that for a second? Yeah, there, sure. Go there's for a it. spin on that. I don't know if it's in this book or somewhere else, but it is the reverse of that is borrowing something from somebody. Mm. It's in this book. It's in this book? Yeah. Is that the same point as? Uh, no, I think it's a different one. Okay, that comes under liking, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Well, we'll get yeah. to that at that point then. Sorry, go on to number no, two. No, no, it's cool. Um, in fact, that's that's nice. We're going to come to that. Yeah. Second is commitment. Commitment and consistency is people will behave in accordance to who they think they are. Mm -hmm. Whether that's right or wrong of who they think they are, they will behave in that particular way. Um, so getting somebody to state who they are is sometimes enough to change their behavior. So I think it was Cialdini that was on the receiving end of this, where he said the doorbell rang one day and, and there was this young person standing outside and she was like, look, can I do a quick survey? And she asked about some of my uh, hobbies and activities. You know, do you enjoy going to the opera? Do you enjoy fine dining? Do you enjoy, let's say golf? Do you enjoy a nice hotel stays? Like premium stuff. And I said, yeah, you know, I like this, I like this, I like this, I like this. And then she takes out this thing. She says, look, we're selling these discount packages on premium activities. Mm -hmm. uh, would you like to buy them? I was like, well, I've just said I enjoy opera and fine dining. And now she's offering me a discount on opera tickets and fine dining. I you can't have to be have consistent. To say, I have to that. be consistent. Yeah. So he ended up buying them. Yeah. So people behave in accordance with who they believe they are. So if you can tap into that hey you are this kind of person therefore you should do this with me awareness of their own individuality starts kicking in yeah that's it you're golden you got it yeah it's like if you're trying to get um a large sized man to lift a rock it's like hey someone as strong as you should be able to lift it up you, know, you, you have go. to be consistent with the fact <laughs> like okay my image is of that of a strong guy yeah so now i'm going to show and be consistent with that image and yeah. lift up this big rock yeah and I think I've subconsciously used this in my home life, right? Like if someone as wise as you or someone who's been through X, Y, Z, um, 
should understand that you know ABC is about to happen. Is is that what you tell your wife just before yeah. a fight happens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? Sometimes right, cool. some, someone <laughs> as wise as you <laughs> should know that. Should, should know <laughs> <Just put> the <laughs> slide. <laughs> it works. It does, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's yeah. fantastic. Commitment is and and there's a few other yeah. examples he gives in the book which are just ridiculously powerful. Yeah. Which is well, why happens, I, happens I repeat, please be careful yeah. with this knowledge. Yeah, it happens to me as well. So again, back to football because that's where I learned all my life lessons apparently is when I'm told like hey before the game that you're the fastest runner we have, so you need to make those runs when we need you to make them. And then that's an image and I'm I'm not denying that. I can't say that I can't say like hey I'm not the fastest runner but I've agreed to it. And now that I've agreed to it the next part of the commitment for them is easy to get me to run yeah. where they need me to run yeah. and it works. It, it does, right? So please use it responsibly. Please. <laughs> please. Uh the third one that he brings up is social proof. Um yeah. I think in the days of Instagram and uh TikTok it's mm. not super hard to understand this one. Um if somebody pops up on your feed who's got a thousand followers versus somebody who's got a million followers yeah you're more likely to watch the million even though you know that okay you're fairly certain that as somebody's number of followers goes up <clears throat> the value of their content sometimes goes down where it's whereas it's the guys who've got small following who are probably really authentic mm. with regards to their content um but there's a million people following this guy yeah it's got to be worth something right but this guy's only got 200 followers ah. social proof mm -hmm. really 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 powerful and in the day and age of influencers very important to recognize that you may be getting influenced yeah subconsciously or inadvertently yeah it's the reason why companies have their clients logos on their website right like if uber can trust me as their client that means you're in good company my new prospect i wonder like these kind of principles you're talking about including this one have stood the test of time so just to relate to social media we didn't always have social media but social proof was always there so it would be a matter of let's say introduction say i was introduced to you by yeah absolutely this person and that's automatic social proof in your mind like if that guy has the audacity to send you over to me that means he's done his homework and his due diligence you're in yeah. let's have a conversation at which least. is why referrals are the highest converting marketing tactic yeah so does referral fall into the same social proof yeah, yeah, kind of much. umbrella yeah, yeah pretty okay. much pretty much so what you yeah. said right somebody gave you my number mm -hmm. uh you probably trust it yeah like hey your friend told me to speak to you like oh really okay fine talk to me yeah i do that while we're talking about books i do that with books so when i'm having a board meeting with alina and i want to convey an idea and if i tell her where i got the idea from so the source which is either again tim ferris or someone from tribe of mentors like i'll i have a habit of reading tribe of mentors for five minutes every other day <coughs> it's just sitting on my work desk Good. and i'll glean something off like a small answer and then I'll mention that to her board meeting. As soon as I say like, oh, Marie Forleo said this. She's like, oh, okay, then I, then I, then I listen. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll consider. Listen. Is that your idea? But if it's or? my idea, 
<laughs> the hell are you? You just started this with me. You're in my business. <laughs> but yeah, no, that kind of works in day-to-day conversations. It too, really right? does. It really does, right? I mean, as soon as you start quoting, people yeah. take you seriously. Yeah. That's always the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, then comes liking. And I think liking is where that previous thing that you brought up. So mm-hmm. how do you get people to like you? And one way that he brings up in the book with stories behind it is ask somebody to do something for you. Small favor, nothing huge. They will probably do it because they're nice people. Yeah. But then in their head, they're like, well, I did that guy. I did that favor for that guy. Um, Therefore, I guess I like him. I probably like him. Yeah, I like him. And then all of a sudden, there's there's a relationship being built, Mm -hmm. which you have engineered. Mm-hmm. rather than it being organic it works really really well mm-hmm. it's powerful people buy from people they know like and trust yeah knowing is easy liking is a bit hard trust is very hard if you can get to know and like with your general audience it's, it's probably enough yeah very few people have let's say tim ferris's level of authority where if tim ferris recommends a product to you you'd probably buy it because mm-hmm. you trust him mm-hmm. don't know him but you like him and trust him yeah. You know of him. You don't know him. Yeah. But you like him. You trust him. Yeah. It's hard to get trust. It's hard to build trust. But at least if you can get to like, you're miles ahead. Yeah. You're in the right direction. You're in the right direction. Uh, so Marwan's trying to pick up sales lessons as well. Um, he's talked to me about it. This will be a fun video for you to dissect. These books should read that influence. What do you have next after liking? Uh, so just moving on really quickly because I know we're, we want to get to some of the other ones. Yeah. There's authority, which is being the go-to for something and scarcity scarcity so this was a really fun example he gave when concord was still running they cut back their number of flights from two i think it was between new york and london Mm -hmm. they cut back from two flights a day to one flight a day because it was not sustainable to run two flights a day it was not economical to run two flights a day so when they cut from two to one sales suddenly went through the roof because now there's less available it was always there. People didn't want it. But now when it's starting to go away, suddenly everybody wants to grab a piece of the pie. And we can see this all the time. Scarcity is sometimes real, sometimes manufactured. Are diamonds scarce? If you don't know anything about diamonds, you say, yeah, diamonds are rare. Diamonds are X, Y, and Z. Whereas there's an overabundance of diamonds. If we stopped mining any more diamonds today, we'd probably have enough diamonds for the next decade. Really? Yeah. There are vaults. I've been lying too. Yeah, you have. Because scarcity has been manufactured yeah. in your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Now you're thinking, wow, diamond, wow. Bro, there's like truckloads of diamonds yeah. that are just waiting to be sold. But because there's artificial scarcity in the market, yeah, the value goes up. And just the power of this is so, so great. I, as a marketer, as a salesperson, use this all the time. So I should know that this is being engineered when it's happening to me, yet I can't shake it off. So if I get an email from a, let's say, a software tool I've been meaning to try for a long time, and they say, just for 30 days, we have this offer going and yeah. take it. I know that's engineered. I know that I'm on a list somewhere that has opened a few emails and I know I'm a target right there. And I should be able to shake it off and be like, no, you know, this isn't, it, it still works. In every ad that we do and we produce or our agency is producing at least 50 unique ads every month. We're using scarcity in everything. And does it work? All. Works like a truck. The damn time. 
works L- like a charm. Limited spots. Limited yeah, limited seats. spots. Yeah. Even if it's a webinar, only first 200 participants get in. The rest will get a recording. Yoga classes, discount, only 20 seats available. Um, and sometimes it's unlimited seats available, right? But it always works. And some of it is engineered and some of it is like capacity driven too. Yeah. But I think the realization probably came from the fact that it was a capacity issue first. And then the business kind of started promoting it as like, I can only do 20 more of these. And the price suddenly just went up. And everyone started noticing like, yeah. hey, what if I cut down my supply? Because they do that with oils sometimes, mm. right? Like in the macro, cutting the supply of oil to raise the prices yeah. per barrel. That's doing the same thing, making it more scarce, taking it out of the market to it, make it, it there, more scarce. There is a principle of scarcity. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> But from a marketing perspective, if yeah. you can get the person to feel like this is scarce, regardless yeah. of whether or not it is, it works. Mm-hmm. And and the role of these these strategies in a business context is to get people to say yes. Yeah. So you're thinking about it. I got five left. You want one? Yes or no? Yeah. Yes, I'll take it. Yeah. That's enough. Yeah. It's true for our business, at least. And I'll, if there's other agency owners listening, we are limited in terms of the number of new clients we can take on. I'm sure you are as well, because most of our work is intellectual work and it's time-based. It's not productized as much yet. So there's a limit to the number of clients we can take on. So if we're having meetings with prospects and saying like, hey, we can start probably in six months, uh, it kind of drives up our value. Even though it's based on soul truth, we have contracts that are in place to have new starting clients every single month. We are able at that point to say things like, look, I can put you ahead of the line if the retainer goes that much. My yeah. opportunity cost, like I can say <clears throat> no to somebody else kind of thing. So yeah, it works. Keep doing it. Yeah, sure. Keep smashing that retainer cost up. <laughs> <laughs> should. Okay. Uh, um, that's everything that I think I have on, on influence for now. Yeah. But really, this is one of those must read books. Like no excuses. You have to read yeah. this book. And if you can, don't read the summary version, read the whole version. Yeah, because even th- the stories have a lot of value in them. I think it's popularized in the sales community more than the marketing community too, but I would encourage accountants to read it too. I, I would encourage people who are, as long as you're, there's a person at the other end, Yeah. read this. Yeah. If you're talking to an algorithm, if you're writing stuff for SEO, for Google, okay, forget it. Yeah. Um, if you're selling to a nameless, faceless organization you can't get in touch with, except yeah. through submitting a proposal, forget yeah. it. But as long as there's a person at the other end, you have to read. You owe it to yourself to read this book. Yeah, absolutely. Even if you're a back office person trying to get agreement to your ideas within a company. 100%. This will go a long way. Like even if you're a scientist in a lab and you're trying to get funding for your, you know, great genome project. uh, It helps. Influence Robert Cialdini. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. Please do share this episode with someone you think will enjoy it as much as you did. To find out who else will be coming on or to recommend someone I should talk to, please follow my Instagram. It's at my first business podcast or go to the website myfirstbusinesspodcast.com. And that's all, folks. 